Haunted Nights, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross. like to thank W.J. Pierce for creating and performing our music. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Thorn and Cross Haunted Nights Live, where your hosts, Alistair Cross and Tamara Thorne, thank you for joining us. Uh, tonight, we're going to be introducing, I'm going to be introducing Tamara on about her new book, Brimstone. But before we get to that, I'm going to turn it over to you, Tamara, to tell our listeners what we're working on now. Right. Well, we've just We've just uh, released part five of Ravencrest Saga Exorcism. Uh, In a remote part of California, Ravencrest Manor, imported stone by stone from England more than two centuries ago, looms tall and terrifying, gathering its dark and unnatural powers and drawing those at once as its own. In Nativity, book five of the Ravencrest Saga Exorcism, Something evil is stirring in the deep, dark waters of the estate's indoor pool as ghostly jazz age parties fill the air with phantom music. Within the mansion, a maid longs for the demonic father of her unborn child, and governess Belinda Moreland is haunted by the tormented spirit of Violet LeBlanc, a silent movie star who wants Belinda to help her stop the horrors to come. The Ravencrest Saga series is first released in serialized installments, and the first four episodes of Exorcism, Begotten, Incubus, Desecration, and Retribution are also available as ebooks, as well as in the new one, Episode 5, Nativity. And after a pregnant pause, um, here's Alistair. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and uh, if you need to brush up on your specter scandals and sinister goings on at Ravencrest, you can get the first two complete novels, The Ghosts of Ravencrest and The Witches of Ravencrest, in paperback and ebook at Amazon. The Ravencrest saga has witches, ghosts, demons, mystery, history, and lots of family secrets. So if Gothic is your thing, check it out. Um, all right. Uh, again, very quickly, you're listening to Thorn and Cross, Haunted Nights Live. You can learn more about what we do at our websites, alistaircross.com and tamarthorn.com. You can visit our mutual blog at thornandcross.wordpress.com, or if you tweet, our handles are at crossalister and at tamarthorn. Uh, you can also visit our Haunted Nights Live page on Facebook. For more information on the show, you can visit Authors on the Air on Facebook, Twitter, and at authorsontheair.com. This is a broadcast of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, LLC. Um, All right, as I said, tonight I'm interviewing Tamara, who has just finished uh, her latest book. And uh, before we get to that, I'm going to tell you a little bit about her. Uh, Tamara Thorne's first novel was published in 1991, and since then she has written many more, including international bestsellers Haunted, Bad Things, Moonfall, Eternity, and The Sorority. Uh, A lifelong lover of ghost stories, she is currently working on several collaborations with me, as well as a new solo novel. Uh, You can learn more about her at her website, which is TamaraThorne.com. All right, so, uh, Tamara, welcome to the show. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm the same as I was 10 minutes ago. I'm Jazz. We had so much fun brainstorming today. Yeah. We did. That was great. We're working 
on uh, several things, and yeah, we made a major uh, breakthrough on our latest collaboration. But tonight, mm-hmm. uh, I want to talk about Brimstone. Um, Brimstone, well, first let me tell you what uh, The Walking Dead author Jay Bonansinga has to say. He says, Tamara Thorne is the mistress of malignant mansions, the go-to gal of the Grand Guignol, and her latest Brimstone solidifies her place in the pantheon of modern Gothic storytellers. With a a kaleidoscopic cast of characters, a rich sense of place, and ever-mounting suspense, Brimstone brims with chills and thrills, highly entertaining and highly recommended. Uh, and I agree, as uh, I was there when this book was being written, and I got to see it be written, and I also got to be the first one to read it when it was done. And it's gripping, and I'm not just saying that because you're my collaborator. It's really, really good, <laughs> and so uh, let's talk about it. Um, uh, what can you tell us about uh, – well, first of all, how does it feel to be – to 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 get back to this, this is such a you've never really done anything quite coming of age, but there's so much um, classic Tamara Thorne uh, kind of peppered throughout this book. I love it. Uh, mm-hmm. How it feel to Aww. be back at it? It was fun. It was something I'd wanted to do for a while, and I just thought uh, some of my favorite horror novels are things like Summer of Night and uh, it, it, all that the, the coming of age stories but they're inevitably about boys so I thought it might be fun to do a girl and so that's why I did it and it was it was very fun I set it in 1968 so it's got really good rock and roll and um, it it was just it's in a set in a former sort of a semi-ghost town in Arizona that I'm very fond of the real one is called Jerome and and the, the setting is very similar and there's a the building where most of the action takes place is a called the, the Brimstone Grand, and there's a real hotel called the uh, Jerome Grand, which really was an old mining company hospital, and they've kept it a lot that way. And I used to go there, and I'd go down at night, and they'd tell me the stories. And meanwhile, my husband's upstairs on a floor with no one else up there, and he's going, there were footsteps outside. I kept opening the door. No one was there, and we're just jazzed. It, it was great. <laughs> so there's a little bit of truth here. My ghosts are, the own, you know, my own, but, but the setting is based on that. So that was fun. All right. And it's, and you know, one of the things that I've always loved about your books, I mean, back in uh, uh, the nineties, when I first discovered your work before we ever met, actually, I think one of the things that really stood out to me, there were two things about your books that really stood out to me. Um, and one is the atmosphere and the setting. And uh, you're, you really excel at that. And the the other thing, and this is this is some of what I want to talk to you about next, is uh, your characters. Um, now, Brimstone it has all of that. It has the, the great setting, and it has the great characters. And personally speaking, I will read a book that um, if I'm intrigued by the characters more than I will a great plot. Brimstone has a great plot, but it's got great characters too. And I'm all about the characters, and since I'm in charge tonight, that's what I want to talk about first. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, I think I yeah, think sure. I think yeah. <laughs> there's all kinds of good characters <laughs> in this book, and one one that really stands out to me as um, she's deliciously despicable, but I love her anyway. 
even though I shouldn't, is Cherry Divine. Um, so at the top of the list, uh, what can you tell us about Cherry Divine? All right. Um, Cherry, well, I think we need to mention Delilah first. Delilah Divine is an old actress from who nearly won an Oscar in 1937. And she owns the hotel. She's sort of reclusive, and she lives in the penthouse on top of it. But she was a legitimate actress. So her daughter, Charlotte, who calls herself Cherry Divine, is an 8-millimeter porn star. And the boobs are starting to sag and everything else, and she's not quite getting the kind of role she wants anymore. But meanwhile, she has Holly, our our little protagonist, and uh, they live in an apartment in Zion Eyes, and she's too broke. She's not getting those roles. So she calls Cherry, or Cherry calls Holly to Grandma's house, and uh, they hate each other. Now, with good reason. (laughs) Um, Delilah's (laughs) very hard on Cherry, but Cherry's a porn star, and (laughs) she she does her best with Holly between cigarettes and uh, the year it takes place. Virginia Slims had just been introduced, so she's sort of a feminist, I suppose. And she's always snapping her gum and all she's thinking about is biker bars and, you know, going up to Sedona and making making some pornos for some quick money because her mother wants her to work as a maid to keep for her keep. And she's not going to do that. She does awful things when that comes up. But she <laughs> teaches – Holly has always been on her own because of – she's kind of taking care of her mother. And she's only 11, but Cherry, you know – it's horrible. So Holly's been cooking and cleaning and everything for years. So, And she knows that if a bad guy comes along, she knows why you don't get in his car, you know, or, or help him find his puppy. And so she's a little immature right. for her ears, her, for her ears because of Cherry, her years too. But <laughs> Cherry, I had so much fun with her, the way she flirts with people. And she's such a smart ass. But there's there's a heart of gold oh, yeah. sort of under there somewhere, but it's very very tarnished. And and <laughs> one reviewer said um, that I really like called the relationship uh, heartbreaking that Holly has with her mother, and it is right. in a way. But it was so much fun. <laughs> so, oh yeah. So right. yeah, and, and a, she and I got to make up a, all kinds of porno mu- movie names titles, and you helped me oh, with yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I did. It was great. That was great fun. But I love, I love the three generations of women. I think it's fantastic, and I think that that really is at the the, the heart and soul of this this story. Um, but there are there's a lot going on at the Brimstone Grand. Um, uh, not only ghostly things, but there's also uh, human threats, which uh, leads me to. Oh, yeah. Another character that I find fascinating that uh, is despicably fascinating because you do those despicably wonderful <laughs> characters so well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, his name is Arthur Meeks. Let's talk about Arthur Meeks. Who's he? Oh, he's the bellboy. Um, he started out as a little squirt of a man, and he's creepy. You know, he licks his lips and he looks at you, and he's just nasty. And then I was watching the old, uh, I think it's 1960, um, uh, The Bad Seed again, and he suddenly got taller and bigger and started looking like Leroy, the um, the, the caretaker in that. So I, and oh, that yeah, yeah. Nice, yeah. At first I gave him the dishwater hair, and then I made him tall and big. 
and he becomes creepier. But the, the relationship between him and Holly, he likes women. He likes young women especially, but he's he's a he's kind of a milk toast, but there's something creepy about him and, and that grows throughout the story. And what I really love is it turns out he's terrified of cats. So Holly's cat is quite heroic and there's never any cat horror in my books. Never worry about that. Never. <laughs> never. <laughs> no, never. Never. We don't do kill kitty kitty horror. No. Kitty porn no. maybe, but not kitty horror. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh all right. One one other uh a character, this one is uh really fun to me. We've used him we've both used him in our solos collaborations mm-hmm. and um he goes way back many years yeah. ago to Candle Bay, your novel Candle Bay, uh, where he just kind of showed up uh, on the radio and he kind of became a, a, a bit of a kind of set, set the scene. Yeah, narrative. Yeah, and when he, I, he has, and when I, yeah. When, yeah, and, and, and when I wrote one of my, my own books um, years later, I, I liked that, yeah. that technique. I think it was the Crimson Corset when he first showed up. He's in all of them now. But I like that technique yeah. so much that, that I asked you if I could use him, and you said yes, and I th- thought that was fantastic, and you helped me write him. But um, the interesting thing is who we're talking about is Coastal Eddie, Eddie Fortune. He's a, he's a radio DJ for KNDL uh, Radio, and he's they've syndicated now. They've gone and it's all throughout all of our books. Yeah. But um, what's really interesting about him is this is the first uh, time we get we get to see we got to see him as a real person in Darling Girls, but but in Brimstone. Mm-hmm. Kid, um, so, so tell is. us a little bit about his role in Brimstone. Well, that was so much fun. He's he's a fourteen year old soda jerk. He's working at Gower's Drugs, and the pun's intentional. Um, and he he's uh, this great kid who's interested in ghosts and thinking about going to college and all kinds of things. And then he, you know, Holly thinks he's really cute. He's an older man. And uh, it was so much fun setting him up as the man he'll eventually become, which he sort of looks like an old hippie, but, you know, he he loves to talk conspiracy and he talks about all the vampires and all kinds of things later on. But he's just, he's just a kid there. And I love what we did with him and Darling Girls. And that was your idea to expand his role. I'd never actually put a, put him in anything until you said let's do it and I said okay um I love him but it was so much fun <laughs> showing him before he matured much we gave him his first taste or I gave him because I wrote this one his first taste of the supernatural in brimstone he'd never actually run into anything before and that was fun too I helped who he becomes I love that what was that you just blurred that it. helped it, shape it who he verbal. Be- sorry that that helps yeah. who he becomes, and I love that. Um, he, so, and then of course we have to talk about we have to talk about Holly. She's your protagonist. Um, she she's 11 mm-hmm. years old, and and uh, what was it like writing from her point of view? I don't know that you've ever done that before, have you? From a child? From a kid's point of view? Um, not much. Yeah. It's not hard though. Yeah. Um, I've done it more from boys, but she she is the kid. I would have loved to have been 
she loves ghost stories. That was like me. She just she wasn't afraid of ghosts, but she can actually see them. She's got a little thing going on in her DNA, and um, she's just not afraid of ghosts. So she comes here to the Brimstone Grand, and she's she's about to read uh, the Haunting by Shirley of Hill House which I read when I was 11. And they're saying, you probably shouldn't read that. Here, have Lord of the Rings. Uh, This isn't the hotel (laughs) to read this in because there are things here. And she doesn't care. Pretty soon she finds out that ghosts aren't always fun. She just thinks they're like images that you see, like, you know, photos that are in the air. But the, the the most fun I had with her was with her new friend, Becky. Now, Becky was a traditional little girl. And she has her Barbie dolls, and she has her uh, uh, model horses and all that. And that's pretty much all she – and she doesn't want to go to the cemetery and look around or any of the things Holly likes to do. Um, so she wants – Holly, she wants to play, oh, let's have a wedding. I have two Barbies and two Kens, and we could do all this stuff, and they can have a horseback <laughs> wedding. And Holly's just going, oh, God. And, you know, meanwhile, Holly, you find out when she was eight, she – did something I did, which was make a balsa wood guillotine and pretend uh, Barbie was uh, Marie Antoinette, things like that. That's more Holly speed. <laughs> and uh, so it, it, oh my God, that was wonderful writing that. It was like therapy. <laughs> right, so, right. Um, but Holly's a normal kid. Otherwise, she she likes ghost stories. She she finds out she likes to write. She um, because. You and I actually have her in one of our collaborations that we're working on as a, you know, a woman almost ready for Social Security. (laughs) Right, right. And she's become a writer. But uh, she was fun. And, yeah, if I'd been half as brave as she is, I would have been a very happy kid. Right. But then again, I didn't have a porn star mother. (laughs) That's true. That's true. And, and yeah. Holly loves ghost stories, and uh, that is definitely one thing that you you have in common with her. Yeah. Um, so, did you ever see a ghost as a child? Not as a child, um, not at all. Um, but I I had every Frank Edwards book, every other book. My mom would buy me all the books I wanted on ghosts. I always wanted them. And uh, what my, what I did when I was a kid was I'd get other kids and I'd tell them about the haunted houses in the neighborhood. I was making it all up. And um, and then I would have parties and rig seances under my mom's dining room, big heavy dining room table, and she'd help me. And I had a blast. I never saw anything anomalous until I was, in, you know, late 20s I think so then I saw some weird things but you know who knows what they are so what what do you think uh, drew you to ghosts in the first place it sounds like it started when you were pretty young do you know why not a clue except they were fun scares and uh, I just really liked them I really liked roller coasters instead of you know falling out of an airplane and I was always very people afraid and probably because my father liked to scare me a lot and, you know, oh, let's go to the mountains and let's hike off trail. We might find dead bodies. And, you know, he'd, we'd get out in the ocean and he'd say, don't, don't put your feet on the ground because, it, you know, at the bottom because dead bodies lay down there and your foot will go through it. I think I added that part, the part where your foot goes in. I'm not sure. But, you know, and he'd jump out of the dark at me in the hall at home and give me a real hard time if I 
acted afraid at all. And I hated that. I was terrified of people. I thought the house was being broken all the time and all this stuff. And ghosts were fun. But I think I was born loving ghost stories. Yeah. Right. Just in the DNA. And that's that's really what what Brimstone is, is a great big good old fashioned type ghost story. And I think that's what I love about it. It's, uh, but again, it's got, it's got the, it's got the supernatural scares and the, the real life scares too, plus really, really riveting characters. And um, I love it. I really do. Um, what, no, what thanks. can you tell us without giving anything away? What can you tell us about uh what kind of about Holly's adventure in this story and, and, and where it takes her and what she kind of goes through and, and who she is. Cause she has some special talent. She does. She is able to see ghosts and she's always taken it for granted. Just sees them and, you know, knows they're sort of like reruns, doesn't think anything of it until she gets to the ground. And uh, she sees something in the elevator first and, and, the hotel night manager that she makes friends with, he doesn't see it, but he feels it, the cold and all that. And together they kind of, you know, work it out. And she learns these things, you know, and learns that you better respect some of these ghosts that she didn't know existed, which one of them is her great, great grandfather. He's, he's a nasty bugger. And um, his, his girlfriend, the head nurse, who's even nastier, but she also learns a lot about life. She learns that Delilah, her grandmother, who's very, you know, sort of refined and and cool, actually knows how to love. And Delilah learns the same thing. She doesn't she doesn't want the girl there at first, but they find each other. And and to me it was really moving that the two of them sort of grew together. And that's the main thing she learns. She learns to control her talents too. But I, I like the personal growth, right? With Delilah. Right. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to read uh, one more um, kind of review that you got from uh, the book review crew about Brimstone, mm-hmm. and then I just want to ask you a few questions, just general writing questions okay. and whatnot. But um, so according to the book review book review crew, uh, they say. Uh, the book includes great characters, especially Holly. This 11-year-old girl is so endearing with her past and her heartbreaking relationship with her mother. The history and the Native American folklore with supernatural elements made this book one of my favorites of the year. I highly recommend this book. You will definitely not be disappointed. Now, when I someone says this is one of my favorite books of the year, how does that make you feel? Because that's a big deal. People read a lot of books in a year. It is. Sure these guys do. That's cool. It puts a stupid smile on my face and makes my tummy squiggle. <laughs> it just makes me really happy. I know I've done my job, you know. <laughs> it it was. I wrote what I loved. That's that was the main thing. I only wrote write what I love, and this I loved, and that somebody else loved it was very nice. And and you know your encouragement all along because we read read everything we both write every day was really. I love that too. It really helped. Right. All right. So, so I, I just want to ask a few questions about you, you, just in general. Um, when did you know you were a writer? 
I remember walking around in first grade singing paperback writer, and it just never really went away. My mom read to me from the time she brought me home from the hospital, and I, I, she told me I was reading at three. I don't remember, but she'd read me books like The Wizard of Oz and stuff, not the short stuff. And so I was voracious, and I guess it just all clung together. I was always writing, making up stories. Nice. Um, okay, going back to 1991 when you were first published, um, what is what would you say are some significant uh, differences between the writer that you were back then and the writer that you are today? <laughs> um, I write with you. When in 91, I was actually <laughs> I called myself Chris Curry, and I started out with a collaborator, and that did not go well. And I swore I'd never collaborate again, ever, ever, ever. And I met you what six years ago, and all of a sudden I hear myself say, "Hey, you want to write a book together?" Um, <laughs> mostly, I'd say the only changes between then and and when we met were that I've I've become and and now. I've become better at keeping um, the word count down so I don't have to do a lot of massive editing. I can, I can keep bringing a book at 120 or 30 with my subconsciousness's help instead of having to cut it from 180. <laughs> right, right. But I still tell the same <laughs> stories. But, yeah, the ones I love. All right. I, I, I love the story about how you first got published. Um, could you – tell the listeners that story. It's fantastic. Oh, it was just all the wrong ways. Um, I went to a, <laughs> I had like three or four chapters of the first book and I went to a um, con in my first one and I didn't know any better. And there was an agent there and I said, could you check this out? And he said, okay. And the next morning he came and found me and said, I want to represent it, finish writing it. And then it, it probably took a full year to finish writing it because I'm not that fast. Um, and then he took it out and we got two offers immediately and we chose the best one and that was it. And I never had a trunk novel. It was really weird. That's sheer luck, you know, and horror was still, it was at the <laughs> end of the big horror phase, but it was still selling pretty well back then. That's all. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, but it's interesting because you, you, you <laughs> found out later. Oh, you're not really supposed to do that. <laughs> right, right. I no, never. Like, I, if I'd known, I never would have done it. Yeah, and I, was, I probably looked so right. scared that he said, okay, "Okay, I'm afraid I might run away or something." <laughs> so, but it worked. <laughs> it did. It did, Linda. It got you here now. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Um, all right, so the book is Brimstone. Uh, it is mm -hmm. out now in paperback, and it's coming out in two days, June fifteenth, uh, in ebook. For some reason, they yeah, released it in paperback first, and early. now in ebook. <laughs> yeah, <later>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So either way, everything was supposed you, to come you out on the right 16th. now. Yeah. Right, mm -hmm. you can get it right now in paperback, and if you want it in ebook, you just have to wait till the fifteenth. And uh, yes, I, you can pre-order it. Recommend it. Yes, you can pre-order it. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, before we run out of time, though, what can you tell us about? I know that when you finished Brimstone, you went, you you, you immediately jumped in, onto, onto the next solo novel. We're always doing mm -hmm. collaborations and stuff. That's just ongoing. But when you finished Brimstone, yeah, you, you started a new, 
you started a new solo uh, book. Uh, let's talk about that for a minute. What What is it about? Yeah, I had to keep. I have to try to keep up with you. You're so fast. Um, my novel Eternity went over really well. It was about a mountain, t- a sheriff in a mountain town chasing Jack the Ripper, allegedly. And uh, I finally, we we took Darling Girls up there for the Vampire Festival. And then, so I moved Sheriff Tully and his wife down to a little town called Fort Charles, like Charles Fort, you know, uh anomaly names and he's he's in the seacoast now and now he's he's dealing with a serial killer and something else that might be mermaids but he's not sure and and i i'm intending to make it a series and try to write it a hundred thousand words instead of 130 yeah <laughs> nice nice so it's fun yeah it's i'm i'm very excited about it i love sheriff Tully and i love eternity and i love uh what you've written so far on it um Let's see. Uh, we already know what's going on with Ravencrest. Um, what about? Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about that we're working on? Well, your new solo comes out next month. How's that? <laughs> it's really good. All right. <laughs> and I'll interview you that next month. Yes. I'll be. And then I'm going to ask you really embarrassing questions. <laughs> All right. But, no, all I right, think that's so, about so it. That, I, I love how we work, and that's all. No. All right. Well, I'm. I'm again. Brimstone is the book. It's out now. Get a copy. And I. I guess that's it. We. You know. It's. Uh, mm-hmm. It's been. It's been fun. I have loved watching this book come into fruition and to be put out there. It's. It's. It's fantastic. I really am so wow. happy. And I mean that sincerely. I am so happy that that you you have done this and that you're doing the next one. And I hope you do the next one after yeah. that. The next one after that. It's um, I have to to make your, your book shaped. Yeah, exactly. Your but your book <laughs> shaped me as a writer, and I know that there you know are are lots of people out there who who have read your books and you know did what I did and said you know what this is what I want to do. This is what I want to be when I grow up. And you know what? There's going to be more. So keep writing. I'm, yeah. I'm honored. Oh, you honored know what? You will never let me stop. To write so. with you. No. I better. Yeah. I won't. No. <laughs> no. We'll we'll take not. a Ouija board when one of us croaked out. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I feel the same way. I'm your uh, I'm your biggest uh, fan. Well, you know, so. Oh, I'm your number one fan. No. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I got my hatchet and everything. Yeah. <laughs> all right, good. That's how we know you're serious. Um, all right, mm-hmm. before we're we're almost out of time, so before we uh, call it a day, um, where can our <laughs> listeners find out more about you and your work? Um, you know this by heart. Tamara Thorne with an e dot com. <laughs> uh, at Tamara Thorne on Twitter, um, Facebook, Tamara Thorne. Uh, on a night, Thorne and Cross on a night's live. Um, Probably on Goodreads. Um, I don't know. I think that, you know, everywhere. Just type Tamara Thorne with right. me and you'll find me. <laughs> All right. And the other woman. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, the- there are many Tamara Thorns, <laughs> yeah. but this one is yours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there are no others like it. Yeah. This one is mine. But anyway. <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, 
you know, all right, well, okay, so Tamathorn.com, you yeah. go there, you can find all of this, and uh, again, Brimstone, it's out now, get a copy, and uh, <laughs> thank you for being on, Tamara, and uh, thank you, everybody, for listening, <laughs> and until next week, we wish you haunted nights, and sweet screams. <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs>